you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I am your host, Gemma, and today I am joined by the lovely Stephen. How are you? Hi, Gemma. I'm very well, thank you. Jolly good. I bet you are loving this sunshine. Isn't it great? It's very nice. Yeah, yeah. Shame we're stuck inside. <laughs> I know, I know. Working from home is wonderful. And in theory, yeah, we could absolutely be sat, on, sat in gardens and balconies, but it's not always ideal with the sun. But um, there we go. So we are bringing you a bit of a, an update podcast today because uh, we are in pre-election period. So uh, that means that there are various restrictions for uh, political people and campaigning and so on. Uh, so we've uh, been over, unable to bring you any of our member interviews at the moment. But there's still been plenty happening and there's still much more to come up as well. So to help bridge the gap, uh, myself and Stephen are going to have a bit of a run through of what's been going on and what we're looking forward to. So, um, hot topic, Stephen, of course, is always uh, for the past uh, 13, 14 months now is COVID, of course. And we're now in a period where everyone was talking for so long about the new normal last year. Right. And what's it going to look like? I feel like with these lockdown restrictions easing from last week and hopefully the others to come uh, over the next few weeks as well. That hopefully this is the point where we're emerging into that new normal. So we're now allowed to go out and have our haircuts. We're allowed to go and get our nails done. Um, we can go to gyms and non-essential shops. We can sit in beer gardens. We can do uh, a number of things. And this does mean that travel is obviously increasing. And yeah, so we're already seeing uh, increases on public transport, on trains and on buses, uh, on the roads as well. Things are getting busier for sure. And then, yeah, over the next uh, few weeks through May, we'll get more restrictions easing. And then into June, hopefully more again and much more of the world will be opened up. So, Stephen, um, this is obviously a really interesting and critical time for transport as people re-emerge we've been talking a lot over the past year about what we can do particularly with the rail industry and we worked with them really closely through the rail north partnership to do that immediate response what's happening within the rail industry and through the rail north committee to help and sort of ease us back into uh, public transport when the time is right. Yeah, so I think I think it's not just the Rail North Committee. I think the, the industry in general is very much looking towards, you know, making sure that they, they, they kind of correct the message from last year, which was, you know, don't use public transport. And I think there's a bit of concern about kind of the longer term damage that that could have in terms of keeping people away from public transport in the longer term. So I think there's very much a key focus on uh, the messaging that's used to get out there that, you know, that public transport is safe 
and people are able to use it. And I think that's going to be, you know, this is it, it, it's something that I think everybody's expecting in you know the medium to longer term that you know rail usage will come back. Uh, but in the short term, for that to happen, we need to get that messaging right because I think if it doesn't, if it if, they don't, if it isn't got right now, then you know that will have a knock-on effect in terms of getting people back on public transport, and then for, you know for everybody and us in particular, that will then have a knock-on on the cases for investment that we can make if you know we're not getting people back onto public transport. So so it's a really really important time at the minute to make sure that we get it all get it all done i think um from a from a tfm perspective you know we we still have um get together with all of the all the northern regions on a weekly basis and they look at what's going on locally on the ground and then making sure that everybody's up to speed with with the latest messaging and the latest information from different areas across the north from our partners has been fed into the operators and so that they can understand so i think it was something that worked really really well to help us navigate through the the timetable crisis in 2018 and it's helped us to get through the uh you know help us to work out services and what's going to work over uh, throughout covid so far and i think it's going to be crucial again as we move into that next phase and try and get people back onto public transport as well uh that that local knowledge and working with the industry is going to be crucial i think yeah for sure and that was one of the big successes for rail north committee over the past year wasn't it they've been able mm. to bring together that local knowledge, uh, the, the insight and experience of the rail industry to help shape that response. So you're absolutely right. That's going to be crucial on the other side as well as, as, as we go the other way and start to ramp services back up. And as you say, it's super important that the, the messaging is uh, appropriate and, and consistent and that people are reassured and do feel comfortable to, to get back onto the, uh, onto the trains as the time is right uh so many people like ourselves still working from home hopefully uh back into offices over the summer so that will bring uh changes obviously increasing in use and we'll all have to get back to uh getting used to, to getting back on the, the trains in the morning again as well so that's going to be really interesting for us all so i think it's a really um a really interesting area and one to keep an eye on and of course there's also um not just public transport to consider but you know the impact on other forms of transport as well and have people become more used to cycling and walking walking will they continue that are we just going to keep jumping in cars are we going to stick with our online deliveries or are we all going to go back to the supermarkets and other shops so it's a really interesting uh interesting world to come and we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about this for many, many more months. And we'll definitely pick it up with our members as well when we get back to doing more interviews with them. And I wanted to talk to you about um, those interviews that we have done so far, Stephen. So we've spoken to a number of our members over the past uh, couple of months, really, on the ways to level up the north and heard their thoughts about what we need to see happen where the challenges are and where the opportunities are as well and they've obviously touched on all the big issues give us some of your highlights from from that series so far what stuck out for you in those conversations yeah i mean i mean as always i think one of the one of the nice things that we get when we talk about um you know when we talk about transport from the north is the kind of solidarity that you get across the type of issues that we're bothered about so i think when you look at you know the, the big projects you know northern powerhouse rail it's just such a massive important scheme for, for tfn and obviously the links with with h2 as well and you still see that that's a priority for members across the region and they recognize how important it is and you know for such a for such a scheme that's you know that's 
it will have benefits locally. But you know, the the, the longer term benefits. This is a you know the twenty twenty year project. So I think so. I think that's always key. And then obviously the fact that they're focusing on active travel and 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 things like that that you've already mentioned as well. So it's so what comes across really is when you look at the priorities, the priorities that fit. So I think you know the there's there's a general consensus that that you understand how to match up the the big pieces of infrastructure that we're looking at with the local schemes as well with the active travel and you know there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes about how that can work from a technical perspective there's a long way to go i think uh you know we've not been around for too long yet and i think we, we have our place in coordinating that uh but understanding how how to connect the north as a whole is is what's really really come through uh recognizing the value of you know the rail north committee and and, and things like that um but yeah so i think so i think that's my general takeaway really is, is the consensus the fact that there's that they're focusing on on the issues that each other's focusing on mm. yeah it, it has been really interesting and we've spoken to uh members from uh some quite different areas as well so it's also been really interesting to hear uh, as you say, there is a broad consensus on things like Northern Powerhouse Rail, the need to encourage and enable active travel, the importance of decarbonisation. It's also been really interesting to hear about some of the more local challenges and opportunities and the differences around the region, because, of course, we've got huge areas of beautiful rural landscape, you know, right up across uh, Cumbria, vast areas of sort of, you know, Blackburn and Lancashire. And then, you know, right over the over the Pennines in the middle. And then, you know, we've got all of these amazing cities, you know, really hustle and bustle and so busy and so densely populated in Manchester, in Leeds, uh, up in the northeast as well. Some fantastic places up there. Energy Coast in the northeast, you know, the ports of Liverpool and there's just so much going on right across the north isn't there and I think it's been really great through that series of talking to members uh, that that really brings to life the importance of a body like transport for the north because if you just went off and spoke to Cumbria about what they need in transport and and did that you'd get a very different answer if you then went and spoke to Sheffield about what they needed so to see that joins up picture and understand the the similarities and the differences is so important so if anybody hasn't been listening to those podcasts uh, do go and have a catch up they're all available on soundcloud and on spotify and you can get to them through our website as well so do go and have a listen to those really interesting and like i say we'll be bringing you more of those after the elections pre-election period means uh, we can't do that kind of content so we'll be back uh, probably middle of May with some more of those for you. One of the other things that we've been uh, highlighting on the podcast recently is bringing you all the discussions from our TFN Talks webinars. So freight and logistics has been one of the topics and also accessibility to big big topics super super important really difficult to fit everything into a one-hour panel uh, so Stephen if you can uh, give us give us your highlights of each of those um yes I think I think there were two areas that, that were covered so one was looking at kind of northern freight and logistics and the other one was looking at delivering an, an accessible transport system so I think they're both topics that you know these are huge issues that often get overlooked particularly when you're talking about the strategic approach but i think if you're going to deliver 
uh, a northern transport system that works for everybody, the freight users and uh, people with uh, who have accessibility needs. You know, they're both vitally important to make sure that we we get that understood in our in our next iteration of our transport plan. You know, it's important now, but we need to show we need to show growth and what that we're making progress into delivering it. So it was, so it was a really useful session looking back at the north at, at the freight one. Uh, so we had Maggie Simpson, who's the Director General of the Rail Freight Group, uh, Elizabeth Young uh, from Logistics UK, and, and one of our members, Councillor Stuart Swinburne from North East Lincolnshire. So obviously, freight is a huge important for that part of the world. So I think it was re- re- that session really got into the detail about uh, you know the importance of freight, understanding how it works in the system, some of the challenges that might come out. So I do think that's uh, that's definitely worth a listen if you if if, somebody, if you're interested in that industry and you haven't listened to it already, it's definitely worth a catch up. And um, yeah, and then delivering an accessible transport system. It's something, it's an area where I think from a transport from the North perspective, you know, we particularly have more of a, um, an influence on rail, perhaps really rather than rather than the buses side of things. Uh, but it was chaired by Stephen uh, Brooks, MBE, who's, who's classed as a rail sector champion and, and, and Michael Paul, who's on our, um, who's from Disability Rights UK, who were co-opted onto our partnership board. So they do have a formal role in advising transport for that. But it was really great to have uh, Baroness Tanigray-Thompson, the former Paralympian and, and crossbench peer. So she was really challenging on saying where we should go forward and the kind of things that she gets made aware of, you know, as, as, a, as a celebrity in that in that area. And somebody who's working really hard, she gets quite a lot of, had a lot of input to let us know. Um, so we also had um, uh, Catherine Falker, who's uh, from Transport Focus. So again, they're, they're quotes in our partnership board from a passenger side of things. So it's, it's crucially important. And Caroline Young is the one who who was bearing, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily the brunt, because I think it was it was more of a positive session about what we can do. But I think she's going to be leading on a lot of the accessibility work mm-hmm. at, at Transport for the North. So I know she, personally, she took an awful lot of value from that session. And, and you know, hopefully it's something we can grow on behind the scenes as well. And continues to work forward, but yeah, that that was a really really good session because it's a it's a huge important area that's you know like I say often overlooked when you're talking about strategic transport overall. So it was uh, it was they were both really good sessions and definitely worth catching up. Yeah, absolutely. If you weren't able to tune in live, then we have included them on a couple of podcast episodes. So again, you'll find them on whichever platform you are listening on, and they're all uh, hosted on our website as well. So do go and catch up with those. I think we are just about uh, done with our roundup of all the things that have been going on. So there has been a lot happening, despite us being in pre-election period and a little bit quieter than usual there is a big piece of news at transport for the north it's actually hot off the press uh, we have confirmed our new chief executive uh, you may remember that barry white decided a couple of months ago that he was going to stand down so our new chief executive I don't know whether you want to do a drum roll, Stephen, or I just <laughs> I don't have a drum to hand, unfortunately. No, no, it's not the top thing I've lying around. <laughs> uh, new chief executive is Mr. Martin Tugwell. He is currently the program director at England's Economic Heartland, so one of our fellow STVs, and he is also the president of the CIHT. So welcome to martin we're very glad to have you on board so he'll be starting uh, quite soon if you want to find out more about martin's appointment and some of the reaction from our chair and vice chairs then head over to our website you'll find the press release on the news page there with some more details 
So that's very exciting news for us. Um, as I say, TFN Talks will hopefully be with you the next one at the end of April. Local elections are on the 6th of May. Oh, now I know you wanted to flag, Stephen. Uh, the West Yorkshire election is particularly interesting, isn't it? Because they're voting for their mayor for the first time. Uh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So we're going to get, um, we expect it's normally, normally the, the, the elected mayor who's uh, for the region who becomes uh, the TFM board member. So we should get a new TFM board member for West Yorkshire. Uh, for Councillor Judith Blake has, uh, has now gone to the House of Lords. She's now a peer, so I think our members were very keen to express their gratitude to her for her service to TFN. She's taken the lead on on quite a lot of stuff um, in TFN. Obviously, particularly you know, it was the you know the Blake uh, the Blake Jones review, and it looked into what uh, what what happened with the rail timetable crisis. Uh, so yeah, so the members were were very keen to express the gratitude for all that she's done. Uh, but yeah, we'll, so we'll have a new uh, a new member for for for, for West Yorkshire at least. Um, but other than that, we'll, we'll wait to see if anything else happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are always some interesting results and yeah, it's, uh, it could be some changes on the cards. I think, uh, I think we're safe in saying go out and vote. Uh, make sure you uh, you get that done on the sixth of May, and uh, yeah, we'll see if we're. I'll see how we uh, how it shakes out uh, the day after. The final thing to let you know about is the next meeting of the Northern Evidence Academic Forum. Now, we did have a podcast with my colleagues, uh, Tom and Tom, all about the Northern Evidence Academic Hub and the forum that we launched in February. So again, another podcast for you to go back and listen to if you haven't already. You are going to be, uh, yeah, very well-versed on my voice after going back and listening to all these. So the Northern Evidence Academic Forum next meeting is on the 12th of May. There's some details on our website. Uh, there is a page for that on our site and there is some uh, insights as well and information on there. So head over to the website, search for Northern Evidence Academic Forum and you should find all the details. That is just about it we will be back very soon as soon as we're able as i say we'll do some more interviews with our members and we are also going to be bringing you a episode all about our future travel scenarios a really really interesting piece of work uh, that you will definitely want to hear all about thank you stephen for joining me um on this beautiful sunny day it's been lovely to see you and uh hopefully this weather holds out fingers crossed yeah. <laughs> as long as it lasts for this weekend at least we'll be okay yeah absolutely we just want another weekend of it hey now that, now that those beer gardens are back open we want to get some use out of them um yeah we'll be back very very soon like i say there's a whole load of podcast uh episodes for you to catch up on in the meantime Take care, go safely wherever you go now that we're allowed to do some more things. And don't forget, in the meantime, stay in touch, stay up to date on our website and on Twitter. Take care, everybody. Look forward to chatting with you soon. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.